so uh, let me see. I'm not the greatest introductionist, but let me just do my best. Is this my man, the hundred grand? So you know how you meet somebody and it's like, uh, okay, yeah, we're going to hook up. We're going to do some things, you know. But you never really kick it and you never really make nothing happen. Well, me and Yusef's story is the opposite of that. I met him. Um, he was delivering an address at the historic church in his own neighborhood. Um, and I was like, yo, I did your message. I like where you're coming from and what you're doing. I do music. You know, we could put it all together. He was like, I was trying to do a soundtrack to the book. Or maybe he had just finished it or something or whatever. But however that went, in that first initial conversation from there, we ended up hooking up at the studio, working with a lot of the same producers. Um, and then just kind of over the years, organically developing a genuine friendship. You know, because friendship ain't no microwave type of thing that you could just make overnight and just become somebody homie, right? You got to go through some things and see where their character really is at. And so at this point, we done done things together where we put a lot of money out of our own pocket into bringing dead prayers to town, lost it all, you know, had to short them at the end of the night. I mean, if we could have made a movie out of that, it would have been highly entertaining. But anyway, at the end of the day, you know, we went through a lot together. And in the process, man, we, we solidified a real tight bond. So I know it when I say it that this is a sincere brother. When he committed to his people, he's committed to that. Not somebody just lip service and talking about what they're going to do. But when ain't nobody looking, still working, you know. And that's the type of people that I like to deal with. So without further ado, I'm going to bring you forward, Yusef Bunchy Shakur. How about you feel? What's up, man? That's weak, man. What up, though? That's what's up. That's much better, man. It's an honor and pleasure to uh, be here with you guys tonight uh, to share. I mean, I'm, I'm really tonight just looking to get a lot off. Uh, I mean, how I many ever like Detroiters, you know, you live here, you go through it, you know, you carry a lot. Uh, you, you watch what's going on. If you say that you're not impacted by your life, um, it's a lot of um, the, the song that that, that uh, Mac, G Mac just did with the snake songs. I mean, we see a lot of that. That's what's going on in Detroit. So for me, as me and Kari was talking about, like, what, what do we want to do? Um, the state of Detroit address, and, and really want to put in perspective. It's not like I'm the authority of Detroit. We are the authority of Detroit in our, in, our, in our collective experience. But some of us has to talk about it. And so for me, I want to, be, you know, I'm going to put myself out there, be the sacrificial one. I feel like I can, I can do that because what more can you do? I mean, after nine years, I've been shot, I've been stabbed. I mean, what, what more can you do to me? So uh, I'm going to bear my soul. G Mac talked about this the honor of um, Malcolm X. And I'm, I'm going to kind of lead into one of Malcolm X's most incredible speeches that he gave right here in Detroit, which was message to the grassroots. And in that speech, he made one of the most uh, prolific analysis, the di distinction between the field Negro and the, um, the house Negro. And I'm just going to kind of re recapture that some people who may be familiar with it and some who, who, may, be, who may not. And so we talked about the slave, the slave uh, or the house Negro when master got sick, he said, Master, is we sick? And when, when Master House caught on fire, he, said, he would rush to make sure Master House didn't catch on, catch all, burn all the way up, because his commitment was to Master and not to himself. But he said that the opposite was the field Negro. When, when, when the doctor came, he said, I don't know where Master at. When the house caught on fire, 
he made sure the water didn't get there. So when you look at those two, two mindsets, that, that is what we're struggling with here in Detroit. And that first mindset is where we at today. We have the house Negroes running the plantation. And I, if I offend anybody, if you're affiliation with these organizations that I'm gonna talk about, then so well. Because my alliance is to, to black people and to the liber liberation of my people. My alliance is not to a personality, not to an individual. I can be wrong, and, I, and it's a, a, a essence of people to hold us accountable. And if, if individuals and organizations cannot be held accountable in the work that they're doing on behalf of the people, then fuck them, in my opinion. So, so when you look at the, the, the complexity of what's going on in Detroit, you have so many folks who are double dipping. They're saying one thing, but they're on other folks' payroll, NAACP. And, what have they done for Detroit in the last 20 years? I ain't hear you, what you say? Exactly, we, and, and we accept that. Well, we, we, in, our, in our private house of our households and homes, we, we say shit. Publicly, we're not saying anything. So do, who, are, who are the blame? We are, because we, we're accepting that. We got NARM here, uh, National Network, Network. What they doing? They ain't doing shit. And they on the payroll. They, they sold out. So, so we're living in a climate where it's easy to sell out, though. Actually, folks ain't selling out. They, they didn't bought in now. Why? Because the, the term came up early, capitalism. You know, folks are, are chasing dollars. And what, what has happened is we, they've created these foundations, and these foundations have created this rat situation. They're throwing cheese out there, and we're fighting against each other for this little money. We're fighting against each other for money. And the money ain't changing nothing because it's, it's not enough in the first place. Where, where they've created good schools. So if this is a good, a good school, that's obvious, a bad school. Why? Because you have invested in this school. Where I come from a school of thought, my grandmother told me, if you ain't got enough to give, don't give at all. Because it creates envy. It creates jealousy. It creates dissension. But as slaves, 21st century slaves, we're running on the plantation with our heads cut off. And we're allowing folks to, to treat us in, in, in such a way that we've lost our humanity. Malcolm helped us realize who we are, but we lost all those things. Now, prior to coming here, I watched the movie Free Angela Davis and All Political Prisoners. First time seeing the movie, heard Angela speak before. And it was very inspirational to, to, to watch the movie and understand the commitment that it takes. See, we don't have long-distance revolutionaries anymore. See, the revolution, the struggle, is not a 40-yard dash. It's a marathon. And we need long-distance revolutionaries. We need individuals that's committed. We need individuals who are willing to go in their own pocket and pay for change. If you're not willing to to invest in your community, invest in the things that, that you're talking about, why are you doing it then? See, we got too many people that's running up to the plate that's looking for fame, not change. They're looking for fame, not change. See, when you look at the DNA of the, of, of the struggle in Detroit, Malcolm X all over it. James, J Jimmy Boggs, who sat at his house. Google his name, learn about him. In 1963, he, he wrote a book called the American Revolution. 
before it was before his time. The book, if you read it right now, it's, it's as if he just wrote it today. He sat at this man's house and they, and they broke bread. They organized, they taught, they politicked. Malcolm influenced the Black Panther Party. Malcolm influenced the Black Liberation Army. Malcolm influenced the League of Black uh, Revolutionaries right here in Detroit. But again, how many are, of, of us are really studying? How many of us are really committed to this? See, to be black in America is to be committed to fighting for your people. You have no choice. It's not a part-time job. It's not a part-time job. Because when you get pulled over, you get reminded that you're black. Or when the police behind you and you think they're about to pull you over, you're reminded that you're black. I don't know how many of you all have frequent downtown, you get reminded that you're black because you feel out of place. When you walk through your neighborhoods and you see a disproportion of wealth, you're reminded that you're black. Why? Because we've given up. We've, we, we've accepted the, uh, the miracle that they've given to us. Because we bought into this illusion because the fact that Oprah owns, supposedly owns her own channel that we won. The fact that they gave us BET that we won. They gave us a, a birthday to celebrate MLK, but the dream was deferred. Little black kids are still being miseducated. Mothers are still are left home by themselves to figure out how to take care of their family. Black fathers still looking for that manhood on corners. So the complexity of Detroit, from the, from the water, from the education, to the community, but from the food, but there's no unification. There's no unification within that framework. And that's not saying that we all have to agree. Principally, we should, we should agree on what we're fighting for, and we should connect the dots. However, again, we're chasing the money. And the money is dictating how we're organizing. And we're acting bougie in our information. We're acting bougie in our knowledge, like, like we know, know everything now. Nigga, please. The struggle was going long before you started reading a book. It's the application of that book. See, when I was in prison, my father taught me, for man to know, he got to be about what he know. See, right now, we, we, we're dealing with this Messiah complexity, where we're waiting on somebody to come and save us. You know, the guy that's, that's, that's six feet and you know, all handsome and stuff and, and talking real good. But are you intelligent enough to really dissect what this man's saying to you? Or is he just talking a bunch of talk? See, as black folks, we good talkers, but we ain't good doers. Nigga, show me what you talking about. Where, where, where's your program? When I mean, by, when I'm asked that question, where's your program, what has you built? What has you done? Nigga, go to Zone 8. They might not can't say my name, but they're going to say restoring the neighbor back to the hood. They're going to say he gave away a backpack giveaway. They're going to say when he came, when I went in the store, when I ain't had the money, he allowed me to get a hamburger. And I'm not talking about me. The ideas that I believe influenced me to behave that way. You see, when I didn't have business cards and I would conduct business with my people, I gave my book as my business card. Something that I was trying to make money off of, but with my people, my relationship that I want to build with you is more important than the money that I need to make. Because at the end of that book was my number. And I wanted you to connect with me. See, this is how real that we got to be with one another. And within the complexity of these organizations that we have, we have no fucking relationships. 
No, we meet each other at events like this and say we're going to do this and do that, but we don't do nothing. But we get on Facebook and we post something, and because somebody doesn't show up, we get mad. I've been there. Nobody showed up to the backpack giveaway. Cussing folks out. People support what they want to support. The importance of us is our consistency, our longevity, our commitment to it. Because our people have seen so many people come and go. That is unbelievable. They want to see if you're going to be there. What, what, what is your consistency to, to this problem? Because they live with the problem every day of their lives. They have, again, they have no, no opportunity to go take a break. But again, we have to understand what are we fighting for? If we're saying liberation, what does that mean? Because right now, we're closer to restoring the neighbor back to the hood than we are to liberation. But liberation is an idea that needs to take us where we want to go, but restoring the neighbor back to the hood gives us the foundation to stand on. Because no, if we have no foundation as neighbors in our community, how can we operate in a society that's liberated? If liberation starts within, we can't liberate society until we liberate ourselves. See, many of us want to work on the problem outside ourselves, not realizing the problem is inside of us. You know, many of us come from a family, an alcoholic mother, abused father, crack, et cetera, et cetera. You know, whether directly or indirectly. And we have de detached ourselves from these problems, but we want to come act like we solutionaries when we haven't solved the problems within ourselves. So as oppressed people, we become damaged as a result of those things. And so we have to begin to heal. You see, I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't heal myself. And the knowledge that I was able to acquire allowed me to flourish who I am. See, and when I was in my days of pain and anger, and you've told me this is who I am, I would have cussed you out. Because that's what I was conditioned to do as an oppressed human being. Oppressed people oppress each other. So when we see the young brothers and young sisters on the corners in the streets and doing what they're doing, we wonder why they're behaving why they're behaving. No one taught them how to love each other. No one taught them who their real enemies is. No one, no one told me Kari is my brother. All I knew Kari was from 12th Street. So if Kari's from 12th Street, then he's my enemy. Why? Because all I know on 12th Street is gang over there. And I'm gang affiliated from Zone 8. This is, this is how my mind operates. This is how other folks' minds operate. So we have to be social doctors to be able to break down the, the circumstances of why they're happening. But in doing that, we have to see the good in each and every one of us. And each and every one of us come from different backgrounds, different dynamics, different experiences. Everybody doesn't have to come from my experience to be where we're at. You know, we, we, that's what makes the rainbow so beautiful, because of the different colors. Our different experiences makes us beautiful makes us a ability to change what we can. So when you look at the climate of where we at in 2015, a city that's 85% black, and then we, when you throw in Southwest Detroit, 99% people of color, and you got a white man leading us. I see a problem with that. I mean, I, I joke with folks, I said I'm gonna move to Livonia and run for mayor, exactly. It's a joke, right? But Duggan can move to Detroit and run for mayor. We're, 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 in, a, we're in a time where black people say, it's, it's, let's give the white guy a chance. Let's give the white guy a chance. What has, what has happened in the last 30 years for us to say that? What, what psychological 
damage has have taken place in our community that we feel the need to give the white man a chance. Not just any white man, the white man that don't even give a damn about us. I mean, out of 700,000 black people, you're saying there's not one of us that's qualified? But again, we have to examine, because liberation is not at the, at the voting booth. Liber at the voting booth is just a tactic, a strategy. How, how do we infiltrate that place, which is a, a white dominant structure? You know, can you imagine Comey Com Young operating in that? He did the best he could. But one of the things that we, we take away from Coleman Young is the fact he came from black, excuse me, he came from black bottom. He came from a predominantly black community that helped shape him to, to, to be who he was. Our experience, our education of our community. So when you look at black people, we've known struggle all our lives. But we didn't struggle just to struggle, we struggled to be better. We struggled to love each other, we struggled to care for each other. When those things went out the door, violence became more prevalent. The ability for a Mike Duggan to come in and do what he do. Now again, as we talk about um, no, no, Honorable Malcolm X, Malik Shabazz, we have an individual here that has his name, which is a, disgraced it, in my opinion. It, it should, his name shouldn't be Mike Sh uh, Malik Shabazz, it'd be Sh Malik, Malik Duggan. That's what his name should be. Malik Duck, and that's what we should call him. That's because he doesn't work for us. He's not, he's not concerned about black people. At one point in time, he may have. Again, examine a people's a, a person's actions. Not what a person says. Because if your if your actions are not matching your words, it's a, it's a problem there. Again, and I and I say these things to challenge us. I have nothing against nobody I've said personally. So, so it's political. We, and we have to change those dynamics if we want to change Detroit. And even changing Detroit, we have to examine what do we mean by Detroit? You know, go back to, to its origin. Detroit is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a, a name that was colonialized in this area. So, so, you know, when I say Detroit, I'm not taking pride in, in Detroit itself. I'm taking pride in the people that live here. I'm taking pride in the fact that we're fighting for something that's greater than, than what we have presently. But I understand that it's important that we, that we establish liberated zones, that we establish our, um, territorials that allows us to free ourselves in a way that we're working on behalf of our people. As we talked about capitalism, there cannot be a movement of liberation without capital. It's impossible. There's a difference between capitalism and capital. Capital is something that we control. Capitalism is something that controls us for the benefit of exploiting individuals. So a new term, which is not a new term, but it's a popular term now, entrepreneur. You know, everybody in this room say I'm an entrepreneur, right, in some form, some fashion, which is, which is actually a code word for capitalism. If you really, if you, if you look at it and you break that down. So, so what we, again, as African people, that's going against our nature. That's going against who we are. We need cooperative. Cooperative economics, cooperative living, cooperative sharing. And we, we have individuals, when they're dealing with you, they're dealing with you from a, from a base of how can they profit off of you. We need to kick that person out of our community. Because as Malcolm said, you show me a capitalist, I'll show you a blood sucker. Because that, that person's whole thought process is predicated upon money.
not predicated upon the human value of each and every one of us. Because each and every one of us is valuable in some form or some fashion. We, what we have to do is commit ourselves to a table, arguing, fighting, whatever we need to do to come up with a plan of working out the solutions to fixing our problems. And the first problem is loving ourselves, willing to share with each other. I mean, how, how many of us in the room will, will commit ourselves to every, every month donating what we can to, to a pot tour or something? I mean, how, I mean these, are, these are type of thoughts that, that we need to interject with ourselves. You know, when Farrakhan came here uh, last year or two years ago, whatnot, he said that people ran up to gave money. Let, let Malik Yakini came and said it probably couldn't get more than $2. What's the difference between Malik Yakini and Farrakhan? Y'all never talked to uh, Farrakhan, but y'all damn sure talked to Malik Yakini. I mean, again, this is the mentality that we have. We, we have this Oprah syndrome complex that we're waiting on this, this Messiah individual. And we have those folks right here within us. But, it's, but they're so close that, that we don't even believe it. That we, that we can't even invest in them, and invest in them, and we're investing in ourselves. Again, these are things that we have to question and wonder, I mean, the information that we're taking and how it's dictating how we're operating. It's everything that we're, that we're taking in ourselves is influencing us one way or other. So, so everything that I do, from the food that I eat, from the women I talk to, the books I read, the music, is directing a certain way a certain path that I'm walking, a certain way I want to think. And this, and this is how we have to operate, because shit is too serious, man. Shit is too serious. And we can't continue to allow our enemies to take us serious, more serious than we take ourselves. But we have to commit to a practice. And commit to that practice is, is, is basic, of sharing our resources. Again, if we, everybody on this side, they said, if this is the working side, and this is the side of, of skills, how do, how do we make this work? But again, make, again, making that work, first and fundamentally, we have to build relationships. We have to build trust. Because if, if, if wine can, can paint, and I need a painter at my house, if I don't trust wine, I'm not going to invite him to my house. It's that simple. I don't give a damn how good of a painter he is. But again, I have to be able to meet wine where he's at. And wine, I have to meet where I'm at to be able to have those conversations, to build that type of relationship. Because everybody in our community is valuable. And as, and as we develop what that value looks like, then we can see who's, un, who's not valuable in our community, who doesn't want to follow this script. And that individual automatically puts him or, him or herself on the outside looking in. I mean, I, you know, I'm old enough to remember where I can go to the, to, the, uh, to the corner grocery store and make a couple quarters helping the old lady with her bags. Young men, young women in our community, no, nah, they can't do that. I mean, you know, when you look at black, when you look at Black Bottom, one of the most premier communities in America, and the time that it developed, you telling me we can't do the sun? Right here in 2015, technology where it is. I mean, money is the easiest thing in America to get because we live in a capitalist society. But how do we how do we develop the principles? I mean, that's I mean, that's, again, that's what we want to get to the bare the bare nakedness of it, the principles and the values. What what is that? What does that look like? You know, again, some, I mean, we all have great ideas, but how do we get behind ideas that, that represent all of us? I mean, these, these, are, these are the issues and challenges that I see. You know, our egos are killing us. 
people want to, you know, be the man or be the woman, it's killing us. You know, this, this, this snake mentality of, of fighting against, fighting over crumbs. That's what the fuck we're fighting over. While, while white folks are sliding in, sneaking in, coming in. And before we know it, it's going to be a whole new city. I mean, some of us have moved on and moved up and whatnot. But what, but what about your mother, your grandmother, your aunt, your sister that, that can't afford to move? What happened to them? We're talking about uh, communities that, that's, that's of chaos. And that chaos is this possibility that they can get hurt. And that we, we are responsible going in that community and stabilizing that community, stabilizing the young brothers and young sisters in there with hope. And we have to bring hope back to the table. We have to bring love back to the table. You know, for me, uh, you know, folks recognize me as an activist. I'm a revolutionary. I believe in total, complete change. You know, I mean, it's a word that's like people scared to say nowadays. You know, or, or, or folks have taken the R out and said I'm an evolutionary. I'm still trying to figure what that means. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, we all, you're always evolving, so, I mean, you, 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 you that by default. But revolutionary is a committed person that's committed to change. And that's what we need more than anything. But folks are committed to change. I'm part of an organization called Black Soldiers. And we have chapters in St. Louis, New York, Rochester, New York, and Detroit. We're committed to the programs, people's survival program, restoring the Navy back to the hood. And I'll leave, leave you guys with this instead of the interview. I was just in Baltimore, and I was out there with Eddie Conway. Anybody familiar with Eddie Conway? Eddie Conway was a member of the Black Panther Party in Baltimore. He just, he just got out last year after serving 44 years. Let me say that again, after serving 44 years. Mind you, I'm only, I just turned 42 last week. So he's been in prison as long as I've been living. However, he came home committed. He came home still full of life, full of energy. And that's the thing that when you look at, in particular Detroit, we gotta get rid of this old guard. This old guard is suffocating us. This old guard with these old ideas is in the way. We need, we need new energy, new life. Not meaning that we don't need elderly to guide us. We definitely need them. There's a difference between old people and elders. And, and, and so when, when I'm talking about the old folks with that ego, where they still want to be the man, where they, where, where they still want to control everything because they're getting toe off in the back pocket. And when, and when they look at you, all they see is a foot soldier. They don't, they don't see the purpose of serving our community. And so building this relationship with Eddie, and, uh, and, and we were just talking, he was like, man, you know, it was easy to work with you because anybody I talked to across the country, and I actually they know you said a bunch of support, like, yeah, that guy doing work. That guy doing work. Fuck my ideas, fuck my beliefs. Guy's doing work. And that's what it's about. Let's do what, what, what is the work that looks like in your community that looks like in the city of Detroit? It looks like across the country. And it's important that we, that we have a national outlook. It's important that we develop a global outlook. Because the same problems that we face in Detroit, it's, it's happening in Harlem, New York. Harlem ain't, I mean, I don't know if you talk to anybody in Harlem lately, it ain't the same Harlem. <laughs> I was just driving down Woodward, I saw, I saw a slew of white people. You know, I remember one time, and I'm saying white people have always not lived in the city, but the way you see it now, it's, it's, a, it's a, different, a different breed. So again, of all these white people moving in, what happened to the black people? 
and again, it's not about white against the black. It's about understanding the class divide you know, and those who are controlling the city and how they're manipulated. So even though we have a white, a, a white mayor and black city, majority black city council, more, majority of them are serving the corporate interests that paid for them to get on, on, on the um, election that they won. They don't, care, they don't care about us. They care about your, your, your vote. They'll come in, they'll sit at your table, they'll come walk down your street and they'll tell you what you want to hear. But once they get elected, they, they're, doing, they, they're dancing to a, a different tone. So we have to sit down, we have to pull our resources together. We're more powerful than what, than what we think and what we give ourselves. And we have to stop supporting black businesses that don't support black people, don't support black communities. We have to stop supporting businesses that are just, just about a, a capital gain. I mean, that's, that's, that's a social crime in itself. And, and we're contributing to it by continuing to support them. And we, have, we, and we have to pull our resources together. And pulling our resources together, we have to pull each other together. And we have to have frank conversations. Tell them, tell them someone when they're wrong. You know, we need tough love. Stop trying to, you know, in, in, this, in this struggle that we're in now, we're trying to be friends. And being friends is not going to cut it. We need to be comrades. We need, we need to be associates. We, we need to develop something greater than just friendship. You know, friends are someone you hang out with. A comrade is someone you struggle with. You're trying to achieve a goal. You know, because so, so, when you have friendship, it compromises the relationship of the integrity if, it's, if you don't have that type of commitment to each other. So this is where liberalism comes in. I'm afraid to pull Kari's coat because he might pull my coat. So I'm going to turn the other cheek because I want him to turn the other cheek. So what that does, that jeopardizes the struggle. We've already lost. So, so again, we need to get to the point where we're, we're comrades and we're holding each other accountable. We're challenging, we're pushing each other. We're reading, we're, we're studying, we're struggling, and we can't get so, 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 so far up here in our information that we're forgetting the people that's down there. So we got too many damn leaders and they're not enough servants. Peace. Oh, that's easy.